When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Also, check out all the other podcasts in our network. Three yards per carry, five rings, canes, fantasy on five balls, cast light-skinned opinions, and more. And check out our free website, No Paywall. You get frustrated by a paywall? We don't have one. Five Reason Sports, that's spelled out fivereasonsports.com. As I'm going to mention here later on the podcast, we've got a watch party coming up at Duffy's in North Miami Beach. It's our fourth watch party there, and that's going to be for Heat and Rockets on Wednesday night, the 27th. Before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You're probably familiar with them. East Coast Public Adjusters wants you to know there's only 10 months left to open your Irma claim. Call now before it's too late. 855-GET-ECPA. That's 855-GET-ECPA. You have a leaky roof, experiencing plumbing issues. These problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy. So don't settle for less. For a free no-obligation inspection, that's a free no-obligation inspection, call East Coast Public Adjusters. They've been in business for 31 years, since 1988, as long as the Miami Heat have been alive. Here's their number again, 855 get ECPA or visit the website ecpaclaims.com. Their knowledgeable staff standing by to answer all of your questions. And now today's five on the floor. Welcome to five on the floor, a Miami heat and NBA podcast. from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, AKA Alf954. Brought to you by the five reasons sports network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back today. No Alphonse City, no Alex Toledo. They will be back with me on podcast as the week progresses. And before we record this, just want to let you know we're doing this prior to Friday night. So this is prior to the Sixers facing the Spurs, prior to the Heat in Chicago facing the Bulls. But wanted to bring on a good friend of mine in, in the business and, and one of the uh, real NBA experts that you guys have followed the past few years. You can find him at ESPN. He's based up in the Northeast now, so does some Sixer games, and follows them quite a bit. Tim Bontemps. That, Tim, thanks for joining me. Anytime, Ethan. How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. I think I'm a little surprised at where these two teams stand at this stage um, as the Heat face the Sixers on Saturday night. And what is, I think for the Heat, they had their game at, at L.A. against the Lakers in the last game of a road trip. Didn't go particularly well. Tired legs. To me, this has been the game that Heat fans have kind of been looking at since the schedule came out mostly because of Jimmy Butler. And I think the same on the other, on, for the Sixer fans as well, particularly because Jimmy's going back up there. I thought the Heat would be a three or four seed in the Eastern Conference. I was one of the few who believed that. I think Zach Lowe, a couple of others, some like our friend Mark Stein looked at me like I was insane. 
Uh, I thought they'd be a three or four seed in the East. But I did not think, honestly, that at this stage, and this is the case regardless of what happens Friday night with the two teams, that the Heat would have a better record than the Sixers right now. You've seen the Sixers. Where do they stand putting this new group together? Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a complicated equation to put together, right? Like, I, I thought Miami would be in the top five in the East. Um, I, I thought the teams that are at the, in the top five now, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Toronto, and Philly, in some order, would be the five best teams in the East pretty comfortably if they were healthy this season. Um, but look, I mean, the Sixers are nine and five going into tonight's game. I'm going to pull up their schedule while I'm talking to you. I'm pretty sure the five games they've lost, they've lost by a combined 10 or 15 points. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah. 10. Yeah. They lost one, they lost one game badly in Orlando, but, uh, the other, there was a two point loss, a three point loss, an overtime loss and a five point loss and all of them were on the road. So, I mean, they've had some ups and downs. Their uh, their offense has been clunkier than I anticipated. Um, but then again, they also have barely had their starting lineup on the floor together. When they have been on the floor together, they've been unbelievable. Um, and as the as the year goes along, I think they're going to come together just fine. So, you know, there have been some bumps in the road early. In the last few weeks, they have lost more games than I expected. But I still think at the end of the day, their ceiling is as high as anybody in the league if they could put it all together. All right, so I'm looking at net ratings. Uh, you mentioned the scores they've lost by, and I'm looking at net ratings. This, again, goes into Friday night. Uh, the Heat are third in the NBA right now behind the Lakers and the Bucks. I, I think even Heat fans were surprised about that at, at plus 7.8. Uh, yeah, I would hope the Heat fans would be surprised by the, the, <laughs> well, the cocky, playing cocky, like a top-five team. <laughs> cocky, heat, cocky Heat fan is back, okay, Tim? That so is get, true. Get that used true. to it. Cocky Heat fan is back. The Sixers coming in tonight are a plus 3.2, which is 13th in the league. And actually, it shows you the separation in the league because that plus 3.2 is the last of the plus teams. Uh, the next is the Thunder, yep. which is minus 0.4. So there's like, there's been 13 teams that I think you can comfortably say have been good so far. And then there's some real mediocre, and then there's bad, right? So if you yep. look at the teams that have been good, the Lakers were expected to be good. The Bucks were expected to be good. Uh, the Heat, we expected to be good. The, the Raptors, I think, you know, people thought they might slip more than they have, I guess. But you figured with Masai and, and that coaching staff that they'll, they'd figure out a way to be good. Uh, the Celtics, we thought, would be good. The Mavericks are a surprise. There's no, I mean, Luka is Luka, but they're a surprise. The, the Clippers... We expected they will be better as the season progresses. The Rockets, we expected. I don't know. The Pacers, the Pacers are there at nine. Without Oladipo, they've held up pretty well. Um, so, you know, maybe they get back in the mix here. You talked about five teams in the East. I thought if Indiana could survive the start and Oladipo comes back healthy, you put them they've in. They've had the an incredibly soft schedule. Early, yes, that, that, so that, 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 that is true. That is true. Um, yeah, they bounced back nicely, but they had a very, they had a very easy start. Uh, obviously, even though they don't have Victor, um, you know, they have played a bunch of soft, soft teams early and have taken advantage of it. That's true. Uh, Denver, we expected to be good. Um, Phoenix, we did not expect to be good. It's funny. Yeah, Phoenix, that's, been a, that's been a surprise. That's been a surprise. I mean, seven and seven as we speak, but plus four uh, net rating of the season. The Jazz, we expected to be good. And then the Sixers. And then, and then, like I said, there's nobody else in the plus column. And there are some teams here in the negative. 
Uh, maybe the Spurs would be one of them. Maybe Brooklyn would be another of them. Uh, certainly Portland, although I, you know, they've, they're cursed with Hassan now. But, but certainly Portland <laughs> uh, was not expected to be where they are. Uh, I mean, those are the three that kind of really jump out to me. And I don't, I don't know that I expected the – and, of course, the Warriors, but, I mean, they're sort of a case category of their own. But, and I don't know that uh, I expected the Hawks to be quite this bad. I, I thought they'd be a little bit better than they are. But, but let, let's, let's go to the Sixers then, and, and you talk about fit. Um, when you look at the starting lineup on paper, it makes a lot of sense, right? I, I mean, you, you, you've put another big who's a versatile big next to Embiid who knows how to play. You mm-hmm. add a guy in you, – you have a, a, you know, a guy who's a, a scorer uh, in Tobias Harris to take some of the scoring burden off of Simmons. And you add a guy who we really like down here in Miami. I thought he had limited upside, but I really like this role for him in Philadelphia in Josh Richardson. I mean, it looks like a perfectly – constructed starting lineup you mentioned and I think defensively they're going to be terrific they just they have too many good defensive players not to be uh but offensively when you say it may take some time to work out we saw that even with the big three heat it took them time to figure themselves out offensively right and they had Dwayne and LeBron and Chris Mm Bosh but how does this team figure it out offensively if if Simmons is not going to be a shooter um Josh can be a little bit streaky where where do you think they can get to as an offensive group? Well, in 70 minutes together, they have 112 offensive rating and a 94 defensive rating. So, I mean, they've figured it out pretty well when they've been on the court. And the way, you know, they just haven't been on the court together much at all. And, and the way they figured it out is by just bludgeoning teams with their size across the board. I mean, they're mm-hmm. one of the biggest teams really in the history of the league when you look at, Josh Richardson as the only guy that's below six eight that's starting and he's six six. Mm-hmm. So you go six eight, six ten, six ten, seven one, or whatever Embiid is. I mean, that's an enormous team. And if you go back to the opener against the Celtics, that's really kind of the template for how they're gonna play, I think, against the good teams. Um, they're they just mauled Boston at both ends, use their size, um, wore the Celtics down with their defense and wore them down by just bludgeoning them inside with their offense and getting a bunch of offensive rebounds and just kind of, you know, battering them in submission. And I think, you know, really no matter who they play against in the playoffs, I think if they're going to win in advance, that's going to be the way they're doing it by having a suffocating defense and by just kind of beating the hell out of the other team at the other end, kind of like, you know, like the Knicks and heat almost back in the nineties. Like they're, they're kind Mm -hmm. of a throwback. um, They're kind of a throwback team to the way, the game was played when Riley was in his prime coaching in Miami, really, than, you know, the pace and space era that everybody's trying to adapt to, adapt to now. Is their bench good enough? Or, or do they, are they going to need a couple of buyout guys? I think that's really the question with them. When you are trying to decide how high you are on Philly, I think it comes down to how do you feel about their other players, right? Um, you, know, they're, you know, Matisse Thibel is a really interesting rookie, but on a team – that has so little shooting and so much defense. He's kind of, um, he kind of amplifies what they're good and bad at already. Um, Mm. I think on most other teams, he would be a definite big rotation player. And I think he will be eventually with the Sixers. But um, again, that lack of shooting has made that fit kind of difficult, but um, you know, they've got Mike Scott and James Ennis and Thibel and um, you know, these guys are all big and long, like they're starters, but there's not, the clear two or three guys coming off the bench that you feel really good about. There's not the Andre Godala. There's not the mm-hmm. Marcus smart. There's not the, um, 
you know, Lou Williams and Montres Harrell, right? Like some of these other really good teams have guys coming off the bench. You say, all right, these guys are real weapons. Or, or Goran Dragic for that or, matter. Right. Yeah. Goran Dragic is right. He certainly fits in that category the way he's bounced back and is playing this year, right? You look around the league and these teams that have proven quality players coming off the bench, um, you know, it really kind of shifts things in their favor when the second units are in Philly has obviously struggled when, um, that main group is on the is not on the floor, and that lack of depth is obviously a key reason why. Yeah, that's one of the reasons um, you know that I find this matchup so interesting with the Heat because I, I can see the Heat starting lineup, even the starting lineup they've currently constructed, which is playing so well. But I don't know if it's the permanent lineup um, when Justice Winslow gets back, and they have to decide: okay, or is Justice if Justice is going to start, who comes out, Nunn or, or Robinson? But obviously, Philadelphia is going to have a starting lineup advantage over pretty much any team in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, but but my, my question is, you know, then when, if the Heat are coming off with Dragic and Hero and the way Chris Silva's played and, you know, then, I mean, they, <laughs> Derek Jones Jr., James Johnson haven't even been integrated in really any way at this point. I mean, Deion Waiters has been punished. I mean, they just have so many bodies that can help them, whereas I, I just don't see it with Philly. And, and so I can, that's why a playoff series to me would be interesting even though on paper the starting lineup is obviously going to look more in Philadelphia's favor because I can see a lot of games where, yeah, the Heat, the, 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 you know, Dragic comes in, some of the bench guys come in, the Heat are down eight, and it's a tie game before you, you turn around. And I, I'm just curious to see how Philly will, how Brett Brown will stagger those minutes so that he makes sure that he doesn't leave the bench guys out there sort of unaccompanied uh, for, for too long. You know, I mean, that would be, but, but look, there are, there are always buyout guys. I mean, you mentioned Iguodala. Like, I mean, to me, Iguodala, makes so much sense there like I mean how, how do they make that happen well it just would go to, I mean he's going to go I would assume to a team out west probably one of the LA teams I would imagine before coming back to Philly but it certainly would be a fun story if he decided to come back uh to the Sixers where he obviously started his career but you know look one of the things about the way Brett Brown has always coached this team is that you know the way he staggers his lineups he basically has two or three starters on the court all the mm-hmm. time Um, he has one of the more unique rotations in the league in terms of how, um, you know, he usually brings out and beat in, you know, three or four times and a half and he kind of mixes and matches. So they'll, they'll, I think be able to get around that. And if you, if you go back to last year Mm -hmm. for all the other things that went on with Jimmy and everything else, when Philly had and beat on the court, they were a dominant team. And when he was not on the court, they were a horrible team. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in game seven in Toronto, the three, I think they were outscored by 12 points in the three minutes that he played, and they uh, they lost by two, right? So right. now they have Al Horford to play those minutes. In theory, that's the biggest issue they had last year. And obviously, losing Jimmy creates another issue, which is you don't know who they're necessarily going to give the ball to in the final five minutes of a playoff game. Well, let's uh, hit that. Let, let's hit that, because that's sure. what I want to go with you next before sure. we get to the heat. Sure. Uh, we had Keith Pompey on uh, before the season. And I asked him that question because, to me, that is the number one question with Philadelphia. Who closes? Yep. I, I mean, I mean, not, not going to be the same guy every night, but who's making the play for them to close? No and question. He said, he said it, that they've identified Tobias Harris, that that's who it has to be. Um, I went back through some of Tobias's clutch numbers. They're not horrible, but, but it's never – you know, when he had some moments with Orlando and with the Clippers, but it, he's never been perceived as that. Is he their closer? And if he's their closer – how Because, look, Josh Richards is not a closer. I love that kid to death. Love him. But we saw him step out of bounds too many times here in Miami. He, he, he brain locks in those situations. I don't know why because he's a smart kid, but he does. Uh, who is, is Tobias Harris their closer? 
Well, I, I would say that if you're looking at the Sixers, they committed $350 million this summer to Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. And I think that's the answer, right? Uh, the answer is they have Tobias Harris, they have Ben Simmons, they have Joel Embiid, and it's going to be those three guys. And, you know, it's obviously difficult to run plays through your big late in games. Everybody knows that, right? So they're going to try to get the ball to Embiid. But if Embiid doesn't have the ball, they're going to need Simmons to step forward, to take steps forward and make plays. And they're going to need Tobias Harris to take steps forward and make plays in those minutes. I mean, there's just no other way around it. When you commit, you know, essentially a five-year max to Tobias and what is a five-year max extension to Ben Simmons, you know, Elton Brand told me back in July, we are betting on those two guys taking more steps. And, you know, that, that's really what this comes down to. Essentially, the Sixers decided they would rather have Al Horford and Josh Richardson than Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick. And so they took apart the team they had last year, and they, this is the team they now have. And that was my immediate question. That's the story I wrote in July. Who, you know, this team a year ago came into the season, didn't have a closer, realized they needed one, went and got Jimmy, might have won the title very easily mm -hmm. if that shot doesn't fall in mm -hmm. by Kawhi at the end of game mm -hmm. seven. Um, now they go into the summer, they blow their team up again, and now they come into this, this season with, after all these moves, the same exact question is who is their guy in the final minutes of a game? And again, like you make that kind of financial bets on those two players, you're counting on them getting it done. And if they don't get it done this year, that's probably going to be the first thing that people wonder about next summer is what do the Sixers do to try to make up for that? If India does, you know, wind up falling short and they don't, you know, make it to the finals or, you know, have a deep run in the conference finals or something this year. That's why I'm glad you mentioned J.J. Redick because I, I, I feel like that's gotten forgotten. We, and we're going to talk about Jimmy after the break. But I feel like that's gotten forgotten with all the Jimmy talk is that they had one of the elite shooters of all time that they could trust. If, the ball, if he was open late in games, there was a damn good chance he was going to make that shot. And, mm -hmm. and again, I, I am a big Josh Richardson fan. I, I admire a lot of what he provides. I think, he, like I said, I think he's a perfect role player fit on a good team. Um, and I always thought that's what his role should be. And that's why, you know, the, the Heat tried to force him as a lead guy last year in part so they could trade him, but in part to see if he could do it. And I think we got the answer on that. And I just, I don't, maybe Josh makes some of those shots, but I trust J.J. Redick to make those shots more. And, I, and so I think that's, you know, we, we talk about the Jimmy comparison all, all the time, but J.J. Redick matters, man. And he also defends. Also, so it's not like he was a liability. He not did, a defender well, he was. I know he slipped a little. I know he slipped well, a little. The issue, the issue isn't that he even slipped a little. It's that they didn't have anyone to guard point guards. Right. So right. they would basically put Redick on point guards by mm -hmm. default. And teams were getting just massive numbers against them last year. I mean, Kemba scored 60 against them last year. That's true. That's there true. was a whole series of point guards that scored – 30, 35 points, 40 points against them last year. It was like 15 or 20 guys. Yeah, he needs so, to be guarding more traditional, too. And, and you're right. With, with the, way, the way that they were set up, he couldn't. Because couldn't. Simmons, that, Simmons couldn't do it. That's right. right. And that's why, you know, they didn't want Jimmy to do it for obvious reasons. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's why Richardson there is a big boost for them. Because no, he's, he's and he's terrific in that role. Like, I, I, right. it's, it's, it's fascinating to me that, that there, there's this little, this, this little pet peeve that Heat fans have 
which is that guys only seem to get attention when they leave Miami these days. So, so it's like Josh. It's funny because Hassan in a, well, in a negative that, way, but no offense to no offense to the Heat fans, but, but they've been irrelevant for a couple. That's of years. right. When right. No. Well, that's not, when that's teams true. are not making when teams are not making the playoffs or making the playoffs and losing in a five game series in the first round. Right. You right. know that's. That's what happens. It's why Kemba Walker has flown under the radar in Charlotte basically for the past eight years. And now he's in Boston and he's, you know, his stars, right. His, right. his star right. is quickly rising back up again because he's, uh, he's in a big market playing on a really good team as opposed to an irrelevant team. that's floating between 35 and 40 wins. Like it's not, yeah. it's no, uh, it's not because the heat are not a glamor team that people aren't paying attention. They're not paying attention because they're not very good. No, that, that, is, that is true, and it's funny. Now that people are paying attention to Hassan in a real way in Portland, they're kind of realizing what Heat fans realize. But also in, in Philadelphia, it is kind of a joke among Heat fans because Josh Richardson was kind of our little secret here for three years, and then all of a sudden he's gone to Philly, and he's, oh, my God, look at this guy. And we're like, well, no, he's always been that. That's what he is. But we also know what his limitations are. And, you know, and Philly fans are going to get the good, which is that he's a dogged defender. He's a great kid. He can make an open shot. Uh, but he's not a ball handler, and he's not a guy you go to down the cl- down the stretch of games. It's just, I mean, we, there's enough of a track record to see that. We're going to get into Jimmy here in a second, but first, want to talk about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Dutch Valley Farms. What's Dutch Valley Farms? For starter, they're not your average cannabis grow farm. They've got deep roots in the 305. Homegrown doc- group of doctors, CPAs, and Silicon Valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 to make you the finest flower out there. How does Miami find its way all the way out in Oregon? Simple. A team with a shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud. Today, the Dutch Valley Farms crew is bringing together old school growing practices with new school tech to deliver a consistently clean, high quality experience. You can feel good about the proof is in the plant. Do you want more information? Visit DutchVF.com or follow them on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. All right. We saved the best for last year. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present this to Heat fans because, I mean, you and I have been friends for years. We've talked about the Heat in all kinds of different contexts over the years. When you have thought they were trash, you have said you th- you, that they are trash. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and you and I have agreed on that the past couple of years because I hated the Heat roster the last two seasons. I mean, they, right. they had – I called it the Dwayne squirrel. It was like, oh, we just signed all these average players to four-year deals. Dwayne, look at Dwayne. Um, and, and that, you know, that basically it is truly, got it is truly crazy that the one time the heat, uh, deviated from their, yes. their plan in the past 25 years was such a devastating time to do it. Like exactly. it literally could not have been a worse time for them to commit to a bunch of average players that for long-term deals and they did the summer of 2017. I mean, well, it's six, six, the next six, four years, 16. Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. In N17, right. The, the, the white, white side t- Tyler. The white side, the white, I mean, the, right. The white side thing is, a, I, I get that to a degree. Yeah. I'm certainly yeah. not going to defend Hassan, but like I get why, why they did that at the time. But like, mm-hmm. and the Bosch thing was unexpected, obviously. But yes. you go back to 2017 and, you know, signing Olenek and Waiters and, 
you know, James Johnson and, and, you know, like you said, the Tyler Johnson uh, match, which never made sense to me at, from the beginning. I mean, all of it just, it just was a very, it was a very bizarre shift from a team that for so long had been focused on getting star players. And it's, you know, when, when heat fans get frustrated about people not talking about their players, well, those two summers are why no one was talking about their team. So well, you know, or no one, or no one, or no one was right. Well, exactly. And, and you mentioned it's not just stars, but it's stars and developmental players. Right. And so right. my, my, my frustration. Well, I meant, right. I meant saving the flexibility to get stars and trusting their development program to create more role players, which Correct. is what Thank you. Done. You just right. said it better than right. Okay. So, right. Exactly. And because you, when you can find a Rodney Magruder or you can find a Tyler Johnson, or you can find now a Chris Silva or, uh, Kendrick Nunn or uh, Duncan Robinson right. with nine threes. Why are you paying Deion Waiters right. like a like a like a, a borderline star or James Johnson like somebody who has had ten years like the like the three months he had? It it right. it, it, right. it, 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 ne it never made any sense. And I mean, you know, Riley has. I mean, look, they've acknowledged it hasn't made any sense because. Whiteside is in Portland, which was brilliant. Uh, Tyler Johnson is in Phoenix, which only costs them really having to stretch Ryan Anderson, uh, which which costs something, but it's not it's not as big a deal as the Tyler thing was. And then you know, and obviously, well, let's Deion's be honest. I mean, Tyler's in Phoenix because they wanted to get out of the tax. No, well, that's what I'm saying. But but right. but I'm saying right. But it, it was create flexibility for tax and cap purposes. Right. But you know, you ultimately had to do the Ryan Anderson thing. But then you know, and then obviously. You know, Deion Waiters and James Johnson. I mean, James Johnson's active and not playing. Uh, and Deion Waiters is up at Syracuse right now. So, I mean, they, right. they've, they, they've cleaned all that out. And now they've got basically five guys contributing for like a total of $7 million. Uh, I mean, and, and yeah. <laughs> you're looking at what they just paid. It's, it's, but that, Tim, that was my frustration as someone who's covered, and Heath fans are tired of me talking about this, but, but uh, my frustration as someone who's covered them since 1996 is that they are, they are, them and the Spurs, and I think the Raptors are in that category now, are the best organizations at developing players. Yep. And so, so there is, so there was absolutely no reason, if the Heat were a bad organization, then what they did made sense. If the Heat were not in a desirable market, then what they did make sense. If the Heat didn't have a track record of championships, then what the Heat did make sense. But since none of those things were true, it never made any sense. They acted like the Dolphins, and, and they get upset <laughs> when I said it. I mean, they just did it. So, and now the Dolphins right. have gone the other direction, but they acted like the Dolphins. And now they're back, and I think they've had a brilliant last year uh, in every conceivable way. So let's go through them. Outsider's perspective, you thought they'd be top five in the East. I, I will tell you, a lot of national guys did not. When I talked to a lot of national guys, they had the heat in kind of – and even we had Bobby Marks on, and Bobby said – I had them kind of in the third tier in these, like so Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and then like Boston, Indiana, Toronto, and then Miami was going to be somewhere there. I, I don't know if he was thinking Orlando, Detroit, but somewhere beneath that. Um, but you had them a little bit higher. Even with that, and we'll, we'll get to Jimmy next, but even with that, are you surprised at how well it's gone at the start? Um. Yes and no. I mean, I, I'm a little cautious to proclaim too much about the way they're playing right now. Like, I'm just looking at it, and the current starting lineup with, with Robinson and Nunn in there – well, I don't know if it's the current starting lineup, but with Robinson, Nunn, and, uh, you know, Jimmy Myers, Leonard, and Bam Adebayo is like a plus 23 net rating. Like, that's – Over 99 minutes, right? Yeah, like that's probably, I feel confident saying, not going to last all season. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and some of these, some of these hot, hot starts for some of these guys, I think are going to start to go back the other way. Like you look at like none has been awesome, 
uh, and a huge surprise, but you look at some of his overall shooting numbers and I don't really anticipate that, you know, things are going to quite stay on the same, uh, you know, the same track. I mean, he's, you know, shooting 40, 48% from, from two or uh, not 40% from two. 48 for the field and 38 from three. If he keeps that up all year, that's great. I expect that to probably drop some, mm-hmm. um, you know, and across the board, that's probably going to happen. some. all that being said, uh, you know, I was high on them because I thought that Bam was going to be the league's most approved player because he yes. was going to get to play a lot. He's been mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, I thought Jimmy would be a really nice fit and he has. Um, and I thought that uh, Eric Spolstra, who's one of the best coaches in the league would be able to, have those guys and then manufacture enough other stuff for them to be, you know, one of the, you know, be up there in that top four or five in the East if Jimmy's healthy and if Bam was as good as I thought. And that really is where things have played out pretty well for them. Um, you know, I know Justice has been out and like they've they've been moving around some of these other guys, but like, you know, you mentioned how well Goran's been playing. You know, are we sure that Goran's gonna be healthy all year? Mm-hmm. Like if he if he leaves the lineup and isn't, you know, playing at the level he has been, you know, that's a pretty big hit to them. Because when he's come in and giving them offense off the bench, that's really helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, my, you know, like Myers Leonard right now is playing, you know, twenty minutes a game and shooting sixty percent from three. I have a you don't think that'll hold? I have a feeling that's probably not going to hold up, right? You don't and believe like, you don't be, you don't believe in the hammer. You don't believe in the hammer. And <laughs> <laughs> it, it, him, well, look and like again, like Spo has done a great job of kind of maximizing what he's got. But starting Myers Leonard against good teams, like in a playoff series say right it's not going to work so like there are things about this team that I think have our cause for concern like, like I'm not sure like again I think not is more of a bench scorer than a starting guard um and some of these other some of these other pieces that they have but all that being said the heat are going to be relevant the heat are going to be good and again if Jimmy and Bam are healthy mm-hmm. they're going to be one of the top four or five teams in the east I would say probably towards the back end of that. I guess I would guess they probably finish fourth or fifth, but they'll be one of the top four or five teams. They'll be in at least an interesting first round series. They'll be a relevant team and they've set themselves up. So as they start to move into these next couple of years, specifically into 2021, when all these bad contracts start to come off the books, they'll be looked at again as a team that people want to go play for. And just, just that's coinc- really what matters. Well, right, just coincidentally, Tim, when, uh, when a certain guy who is the only guy in the league with the same agent as Bam Adebayo um, may get frustrated by not winning a championship in Milwaukee. So uh, there, there is a, uh, there, there is a long-term plan here that if you, if you, you don't have to look that closely at it to, to kind of figure out wh- where that might be going. I, and look, I'm with you on a lot of that. I think some of this is not sustainable, but I do think the thing that has been so encouraging about the heat early was well, a few things. One is uh, they have so many parts that Eric can use that he can survive a guy like Justice being out or can survive a guy like Nunn going through a a three- or four-game stretch where he doesn't play well because there's other places he can go. I agree with you about Goran. I I have said for the last three years this is the perfect role for Goran, and I'm glad he accepted it, and I think he'll end up finishing his career here as a result of it. But but you're right. I mean, they were kind of counting on, you know, potentially if Dion could get his head on straight, that Dion would be the protection for Goron there. And obviously they don't have that, but they, but they do have, they do have enough bodies that I think they make work. The other thing that's so encouraging is they love playing together. And, and I just wonder, I, I'm, I'm with you on a team like Philadelphia that if they can get the parts right, but the parts, I mean, there's a lot of egos there. Right. And so 
you know, you always, I think Philly is perfectly set up for a playoff series, particularly if they add two shooters as buyout guys or make, or make a trade. But, but, uh, but I just, I wonder, you know, are they going to clash at times? Cause that's always the way the teams, you know, go through that. Whereas I don't see this heat team clashing. There seems to be, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, shared sacrifice and then there's a clear leader to the whole thing. And so let's get into the clear leader. Well, and part of part, and just to, just before we talk about Jimmy, part of the reason they're probably not going to clash is they're not super talented. Right. And like right. when you, when you get to the playoffs, that's where that becomes an issue. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the heat, the heat have a perfect structure because they have one clear all-star, one guy mm-hmm. who could be an all-star and then yes. they have a bunch of nice players. Mm-hmm. Right? And like that's, that delineation does lead to a locker room that's very set up and makes a lot of sense and fits and has good chemistry on and off. But when you get to the playoffs and you are going up against teams with a lot of really good players mm-hmm. and more top end talent, and you have guys that are playing, you know, you have the Sixers who could play all five of those guys, 42 minutes a game, right? right. All of a sudden, then the lack of talent, elsewhere becomes a much smaller issue than during the regular season when you can roll out, you know, eight, nine, 10 guys for 20 minutes a game. And it's not a big deal. Right. And you're right. And the Myers Leonard points a good point. There are certain guys that you can play in the regular season. Well, Duncan Robinson might be one of those guys too. Like he's been awesome, but again, like in a playoff series, he's probably going to be a guy you're going to target on defense. Tyler Hero is a rookie who you're as good as he's been. He's been really good. That's a guy you're going to target on defense. You're going to target Kendrick Nunn on defense. Like they have, they have some guys that are, but again, that's that, this is the thing. Like, none of this means that like I think the Heat are bad. Either. No, 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 no. Like, I, I get it. It's like this is this is to me a wildly successful season if they're a top five team and they even if they are in a four five matchup with Boston or Toronto or Philly or Milwaukee mm-hmm. and they lose in the first round. Like, the fact that the Heat are back in the mix in the East, have some juice again, have some of these young guys that are interesting, and have kind of that it factor back going into that summer of 2021, you know, to do this this year, do this again next year, and then put yourself in a position to go get one of these many star players that's going to be available that summer. Like that, that's what this is all about, right? That's what, that's what the Heat needed to do. So that's why, to me, whatever else happens, if they continue on this trajectory and they're just one of those top five teams in the East, I think this is a really big, year, big win of a year for them. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have a ton of guys that are between 23 and 26 years old at that stage. Yep. Uh, not in, in Hero's case, not even. Yeah. It'll be 21. And then and they're going to have, uh, at that point, I think, a, a elite or borderline elite center who uh, yeah, loves I'm a huge, who, I'm a yeah, huge I, BAM fan. I, yeah, me too. Awesome. Me too. And, I, I mean, and, and who, 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 and here, the best thing about him is he loves to share the ball and he just does the right things. Like, if, if you're a, if you're a star – like I said, they're build. I'm not saying it's going to be him, but but they're building a team for someone like Giannis to love. Like if you're a star, and you can come down and play with a guy in Jimmy who plays defense, and I know there's, and we're going to talk in this now, but but you know that there's some issues with Jimmy, you know, but you know a guy who does some of the things on the court that Jimmy does, and as unselfish as Jimmy has been this year with a career high in assists, and then you have a, a center averaging five assists, you know that's a team you may take a hard look at, and then you got some shooters, young shooters. You can see what they're doing. Let's get into Jimmy. Um, I want to see if you can provide some clarity to this because I tried even again this morning and I still can't get clarity. Was Jimmy in your reporting ever offered a five-year max 
by Philly because we've had four different people on the podcast and I've gotten four different answers about what was offered, when it was offered, how many years, how much money. Because I think that matters as Jimmy goes back there and the way he's perceived. Because if he wasn't offered the five-year max, I don't know what Philadelphia fans are so upset about. I don't think Philadelphia fans are really all that upset, frankly. Mm, I, mean, I don't know, man. I mean, well, I maybe, to, maybe you're not getting to, it. I don't listen but, to fans on. I don't listen to fans on Twitter, but uh, <laughs> I think um, I, I think he'll get a nice ovation tomorrow. I, I don't. I'd be honestly be surprised if he gets, you know, if he gets booed or like it's super nasty. I don't. I don't really anticipate that. He had a nice run here. They, you know, they had a great season last year. They. You know, like I said, if if that shot bounces off instead of bouncing in, I think they probably win the NBA Finals last year. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't think that. Uh, like I said, I honestly will be surprised if it's super nasty tomorrow. I mean, I I really I really will be. But you um, but you, uh, but you don't think after? Um, and I want to get to the five year max here. Yeah, but but yeah. but you but you you don't think after. Uh, some of the things he has said, which have not been negative about Philadelphia at, at all, actually. He, he hasn't done that. I, I don't. Been, I mean, look. They've been very Jimmy, positive J- about Jimmy Miami. Had, if Jimmy had left, if Jimmy had left and, like, the team was way worse right. or something, or, like, you know, they hadn't been able to turn him into Josh Richardson. I mean, he left and they got Josh Richardson for him and they got Al Horford. Like, I, I, it's not like it's not like the team left and they're no longer a championship contender, right? So, I, you know, I don't – I don't really anticipate anybody here. I, I don't think tomorrow there's going to be a like, oh man, the hell with Jimmy going on in, uh, in Philly at the Wells Fargo center. Like, I don't think they're going to be, uh, I don't think they're going to be screaming at him or telling him he's terrible or anything. I mean, none of the, the guys on the team all get along with him still. And he's obviously buddies with Embiid. Like, I don't, you know, I, I, I just, I honestly will be surprised if it's, you know, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to like, it's going to be like Mike Conley back in Memphis or anything, but I, right, right. I also don't think it's going to be, it's certainly, I certainly don't think it's going to be like Kyrie next week in Boston right. or Anthony Davis in new Orleans. I mean, I, those were a lot more, there was a lot more negativity coming out of those. I think, you know, the Sixers decided to go in another direction and, um, and that's that. I mean, as far as whether he got offered a five-year max or not, it probably depends on who you ask, yeah. right. To your point. And I don't think it really matters mm-hmm. in the end. Like Jimmy was always interested in going to Miami well before he got traded to the Sixers last yes. year. And I think it worked out well for him. I think it worked out well for the Sixers. Uh, and, and I think in the end, that's really all that matters is that it was, you know, that was that, that series of transactions was the rare kind of win-win for everybody involved this summer, which you don't really see um, in free agency. Um, to have him choose to go play in Miami for the Sixers to get a good player back for that, to help them have the flexibility to sign Horford. The fact all that kind of came together as it did. I, I think both sides walked away from it feeling really good about the way it worked out. What's your perception of uh, if, if you said to Philadelphia fans right now, based on what we know now, based on where the teams are and maybe going based on what the contracts will look like long-term, and again, Josh Richardson's doing extension. So, you know, that's another thing to monitor here in a, in a, in a couple of years. Uh, but if you were just to say to a Sixer fan, right now, I would take Jimmy Butler on this team. Let's throw Redick out because he's not part of this transaction. But let, I would take Jimmy Butler on this team, or I would take Josh Richardson and Al Horford. What do you think the average Sixer fan would say? Uh, I mean, look, I, I think, I don't think there's any question that Philly got better 
by making that deal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, and that's not a criticism of Jimmy at all. It's just that I'd rather have those two guys than Jimmy, mm-hmm. right? Like those are two really good players as opposed to one really good or great player, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're just, they now they have five guys. Um, you know, if they had Jimmy, yes, they'd have a closer. They'd also have a huge hole somewhere that they'd have to fill. They wouldn't have probably the point guard defender that they have now, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have to extrapolate a lot of other things out. But look, like I said, that's why I think it was a win-win for everybody. Right. But it, Miami needed a star, right? They needed to be relevant again after you know having this kind of team of average guys that was winning 38 games, um, you know, with Richardson as its best player. And, uh, you know, they get Jimmy. He accomplishes that goal for them. The team is better. And the Sixers needed to augment their team a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it made them better. So um, I, I think I actually, I mean, I really, I really do think it worked out well for both sides where I think both, both sides came out of it better, even though, like I said earlier, it did kind of ironically leave Philly having to try to answer the same question this going into this mm-hmm. season that they were trying to answer going into last season. All right. Final thing here with Tim Bontemps. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim Bontemps, obviously follow his work at ESPN.com and on ESPN. Uh, Jimmy, I asked Jimmy the question the other day, uh, why, do you, why are you smiling all the time? And he, he, he greeted it with a huge smile. Um, I mean, I, I have not noticed a bad day from him so far. The organization is like head over heels with him. It's like Eric Spolster found his Alonzo morning. Um, they're head over heels with him in a way that it's different than LeBron. I mean, he's not the player LeBron is, but he's doing some of the things LeBron used to do, like <laughs> the seven plus assists and setting other guys up. I mean, he's not doing the takeover stuff LeBron did. Right, but personality-wise, uh, like it's has seemed like a perfect fit. Like, and I think Dwayne knew that, and that's one of the reasons Dwayne steered him here. But obviously, you talk to a lot of people around the league, and I st- I do too, and I still get the sense from some people that like just wait, just wait. Okay, he's happy now. Just wait. Something always goes wrong. Um, I don't necessarily believe that's going to happen. Honestly, I've talked to a lot of people around him the past week who they just talk about this organization in a different way than they, than they you know, they're, they're, this is better than every, this is better, this is better. You know, the structure is great for Jimmy, the, you know, the, everything, okay? But um, from your perspective, you're on the outside here a little bit. Uh, do you expect this to last? Do people around the league expect this to last? Or are they just waiting for a shoe to drop where things go bad like they did in Minnesota and to a certain degree at the end in Chicago? Uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I certainly wouldn't say that it's definitely going to go bad. Um, you know, I, I did, I do think it's a good fit of, uh, personality and culture. Um, you know, I, I do think that Jimmy being kind of the, the lone star on the team is the kind of the perfect situation for him, right? He sought that out. Um, you know, he wanted to have his own team. He's got his own team. He's very happy having his own team. Uh, like I said, he wanted to be in Miami before, right? So he got to where he wanted to go. He's happy with it. Um, you know, so I, 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 I'm not necessarily going to sit here and say that, that, um, this is going to go sideways. Like I said before, I I do think that it's very easy for everyone to be happy when you're 10 and three and (laughs) when the, when the heat inevitably lose a few games, uh, maybe things won't be quite so happy. Um, but that's also kind of normal, but yeah, look, I think, like I said, I think this has gone about as well as I expected it to. <clears throat> you know, set aside the the wins and losses. I, I thought, you know, getting rid of Whiteside and being able to play Bam a lot and having Jimmy and Bam as the anchors of the team with a bunch of solid players around him and a really good coach was a recipe for the Heat to be really good. 
uh, and be a team that could be a factor in the East. And that's how it's played out. And if he, you know, if Jimmy could stay healthy, which I think is probably the bigger issue right. uh, for me long-term, can his knee hold up? Will his body hold up? Um, you know, he's always played, he's played a lot of minutes. He plays hard. Um, you know, is that, you know, he's into his thirties now, like, and, you know, as long as they stay healthy and, um, you know, Jimmy is able to kind of keep doing his thing and bam continues to grow like he has, I I think things are going to look just fine. All right, follow him at Tim Bontemps. I want to tell you before we go about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. They handle everything from immigration to personal injury to your run-of-the-mill traffic ticket that you want off of your hands. You can find him at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com. The Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm handle cases from all over the state, and they've got somebody on that website 24 hours a day. Tim, thank you for doing it. Appreciate it. Anytime, Ethan. Thanks for having me, bud. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.